Welcome to the Empty Spiral Podcast, the official podcast of the Lacuna Core community. Uh, my name is Matt Radcroft. And I'm Russell Taylor. We're missing Mike today. We suspect he's probably drunk far too much Italian beer. So wherever you are, Mike, uh, hope your head gets better soon. Okay, we've got some news for you. VIP tickets for the current US tour are now available. There's a link on the Empty Spiral website with uh, details on how you uh, pick up the tickets. It's worth noting that the VIP is a meet and greet with the band as well as a signed poster. It does not include the ticket to the show, which can be bought separately as normal. Um, I think it's worth mentioning this week a shout out to Andrea in Marco's absence on the US tour tackling the Man vs. Food Challenge at Big Judd's in, I think it was Idaho, with the uh, one pound gourmet burger. So uh, you can check it out on his official Facebook page. It's a pretty big burger. That's, that's huge. That's like as big as his head. It's monstrous, that thing. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Feed a family of five, so uh, you know, I think you're going it, hungry on one of those. Indeed, I think it probably would. My God, the food sweats. Gosh, I don't even want to think about that. It's a lot of meat. <laughs> yeah, so well done, guys. Well done, well done, Andy. In this episode, we've got a interview with Christina that comes from the Empty Spiral interview archive. Uh, you won't have heard this before. The interview was recorded a couple of years ago in the tour bus while the band were uh, in the country, in the UK. And uh, it's an interview about uh, Christina's favourites, so we hope you enjoy it. And there's uh, a couple of funny bits in there which we think you'll find most entertaining. Do you have a guilty pleasure, like a, a film that you're you really shouldn't like but you do? Well, it depends because I mean I don't know what people think. I'm I'm watching on TV. I mean, I'll, I love like action movies. Yeah, I, I like chick. every. You've obviously got to watch rock chick films. So if you like Bambi, that's a guilty pleasure. Isn't uh, it? I don't know. Uh, Ghost. <laughs> Patrick Swayze. <laughs> Is it done. valid? Is oh, it valid? Yeah, that's pretty oh, damn guilty. Rest in peace. <laughs> rest in peace. Uh, I think that every girl loves Ghost. Come on, is. I love. You know, is the perfect is the perfect chick flick. <laughs> I saw that at the cinema, actually. There was myself, my mates, and about 200 girls. <laughs> and every single one of them was crying. We were all laughing. I think it was that. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not kidding either. It was absolutely hilarious. But yeah, Ghost, that, like that a, could that's be, a good that guilty pleasure. That could be a good guilty. Yeah, okay. Uh, Favourite album of 2009? Oh, my. Um, Favourite album? You can say Alice in Chains. Everybody else has it for that. That's fine. No, the Alice in Chains one is pretty good, but I think that there are a lot of good albums. The only thing is that I'm not usually listening to complete albums at a time. Mm -hmm. So I think that there are a lot of good songs around in different albums. I personally fell in love with uh, a lot of songs on Crack the Sky of Mastodon. Uh -huh. uh, it's a great album. But Alice in Chains is great. And then I listen to a lot of random stuff like on the radio. Most of the time I don't even listen to complete albums. Okay. But I would say Mastodon's a pretty good album. Yeah, that's a, yeah. I, I couldn't disagree with that. Um, do you have a most embarrassing album that you own? A bit like Guilty Pleasure. Oh, ten millions. <laughs> I probably have most, more embarrassing albums that, than album that I wouldn't embarrass myself with. I probably have, you know, somewhere some old stuff like Wham or <laughs> I probably do. Um, I've got Rick Astley's album. <laughs> no, I I will never. I've got that. I will never 
I'll get there. Can't even know. I'll, never I'll, get bring there. It, I'll bring it along with you tomorrow. You can borrow it. It's great. It's got, uh, I'm never going to give you up about five times on it. Well, let me see. I don't have any Britney's album. I have some Destiny's Child's album, but I think they're actually really good because they're really good singers. Probably some dance pop albums. Okay. Which one? I'm trying to think of any names now. You've got an iPhone. Yeah. What's your favorite app? Oh my, now a cool one is like, it, it's a Chuck Norris application, it's a video game, let's see. No, I think that Shazam is, a, is an awesome application. Oh, that's brilliant. Shazam is, is great, and it works perfectly. It does, it's unbelievably good for the applications. I don't know how I can to actually tell you what do I have on right now. I've given up on flight control after I found out your score, what's the point of trying, trying to go over Let me see. Well, I... Bejeweled, obviously. Bejeweled, I uh, like it very much. Then, yeah, the Chuck Norris game is pretty cool. Then I have Resident Evil 4, Silent Hill. Uh, I have a very stupid one, the, the Fortune Cookie. <laughs> so you mostly games then? Then my, my young... Yeah, I have a lot of, like, games. I have a lot of games. Okay. And then I have to try this one what the voice i have to try it on you you, ba you basically record your voice and it turns it into a like zombie voice and, oh, okay. but i have to try it on it's probably not working very well we can try so, in answer to the question hello how are you <laughs> let's try it robotic <laughs> that's cool awesome <laughs> What's that awesome. called? Awesome. That that's getting downloaded when I get out of here. What's your most valuable life lesson that you could offer someone? A bit of advice. Probably, I mean, the the, the classic one to, to be yourself no matter what. Mm -hmm. And and to know yourself and your potential. Because, mm -hmm. I mean, every, every person has a specific kind of potential. So I think that you just have to discover that and, and to go for it and try to express yourself yeah. with your own potential. But I got so many good advices because I mean, I'm, I'm lucky enough to have very good people around me, you know, from my, my parents first and my friends. Uh, so I, I, I never lacked in good advices. Yeah. So I don't think there is just one specific, there's just a specific one. Most prized possession. Price, Price, like in, in terms of uh, economical Some, value. No, yeah, no, no. Something you you own that is your, the most value to you. Prize possession. You couldn't live without it. Well, you love it so much. Whether it's right a, now is my new house. <laughs> right okay. now is my house. Um, and then I have different things that I have um, that are uh, gifts from from mm -hmm. persons I I love that I, I keep myself. You know, like little jewelry or paintings. I have a lot of stuff. Your corkscrew. <laughs> that that that's the best one on this tour. That's my absolutely perfect I'll, I'll and have to top favorite that for the next gift. One, actually, what we're gonna find <laughs> next? I'm sure there's another line over there. That's awesome. Uh, I, I, that didn't, awesome. I honestly didn't think that there would be another. I thought the the bottle stopper was yeah, perfect. <laughs> no, but... that, I can't wait to use it. <laughs> anyway, moving on swiftly. Uh, <laughs> what's your favorite James Bond actor? Uh, what's the name of the last one? The, the is that Daniel Craig? Yes. Awesome. Yes. Okay. I think he's my favorite. Okay. I think he's my favorite. 
it's perfect as a obviously i mean sean connery was really good but but mm. the, the new one is pretty good as well mm. favorite film of 2009 i haven't seen a lot of movies so i see a lot of old stuff i want to see avalon um avatar, avatar yeah but i haven't i haven't had time yet and and then i don't know because the last movie i i watched on the movie theater was i was dragged my with my girlfriends for to, to watch sex in the city and i was like a little bit disappointed because <laughs> i was like i mean okay we can watch it on dvd it's fine but it's not really a movie theater <laughs> uh do you have a favorite computer game or console game bejeweled <laughs> Bejeweled. Yeah, right now I'm I'm a freak for for a bejeweled. So it's iPhone is where you. It's um, I found it on. Uh, I mean, I knew the game. I knew the game, but now on Facebook you can have a sort of a free trial for like one minute. But that's the cool thing about it because there is a sort of a charge, so you're in competition with other people, and I become pretty good at that. So, and I've seen and comments. it's contagious seen, because yeah. our drum tech is playing as well. Andrea started to play. Uh, Adam, our old guitar tech, as well. So it, it's insanely contagious. Okay. Denim or leather? I, I like denim, but I'm not a fan of like a whole set of denim. I think it would be. So I don't know half it's and half. Huh? It's a bit Chuck Norris denim. Yeah, uh, yeah. Or and I don't, and I don't want to offend the vegetarians and the. Because I don't like fur very much, but it wouldn't be fair to say, yeah, leather is okay and fur is not. So I would say denim. What's your favorite alcoholic drink? Beside beer, mojito. Okay. What kind of beer? When you say beer, do you mean like European lager beer? Or blonde. You... I like blonde beers like and white beers. Yeah, I, I like Orgarden, yes. but it's it's a little bit heavy. So, yeah. I mean, if I'm if I want like a regular drink, I would go for like a blonde no, it, it, does, it doesn't really matter, honestly. Maybe something lighter. Or, or a Corona. I like Corona very okay. much. Because it's refreshing. And if you're going for cocktails, you have a mojito. Pardon? Yeah, and a mojito if you... Mojito is, yeah, it's my favorite alcoholic cocktail, let's say. Because okay. I like rum and I like mint. And it's, we'll I like together. it. It's like a lemonade. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite cuisine? Italian, obviously. Yeah, say, uh, obviously. Other than Italian. Other than Italian, uh, Spain has good food, uh, and then it depends because in every in every in every cuisine you can you can find something interesting. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, but see, it's I, I I thought exactly the same until I had the chance to go to a proper restaurant, uh, because when you're on tour you just get fast food. So you're, you're going to say, oh, okay, in this country the food sucks mm. because you just try the fast food. But if you go to a proper restaurant, mm. pretty much everywhere you can find something very good. Mm. In Russia was very good. Russia, the food was very good. In America, they have good steaks. They have good meat. Um, I, love, I love sushi. So Sorry, Japan is everywhere. awesome. I just love food. Okay. Pretty much, that's my problem. Trust me, there's nothing. <laughs> it's the only addiction I have. <laughs> What's your favorite Italian dish? Pasta. Pasta. What type pasta, of pasta? Any any type of pasta, handmade pasta, spaghetti, penne, everything, carbonara, ragu. 
with anything in particular where you want a ragu where you want a carbonara uh, is it... there is not one specific thing that I that I could eat every day because mm-hmm. I, I, I kind of like to change but like for example um, in between the 10 million kinds of pasta there is one with uh, shrimps um, and zucchini and saffron that is amazing sounds amazing uh, it does it is amazing so basically pasta with everything yeah Pasta. Pasta is <coughs> the thing I cannot live without every day. Changing mm. the sauces, changing maybe the types of pasta, but I, I eat pasta every single day. Do you have it on? You, you have it on tour? You not make... on tour. Unfortunately, not on tour. But when I'm home, I'm a pasta eater. What's your favorite actor or actress? I have different ones. I like Kevin Spacey. I think Reese Witherspoon is funny. Uh, what's your favorite Disney film? Disney. Um, before, before you ask this question, for the record, um, Andrea said a Nightmare Before Christmas. That's not a Disney I, one. I, I, apparently, it is. I didn't realize it was. Apparently, you managed to say that it was distributed by Disney, so it's a Disney. As long film. you don't say. Okay. Seen. Well, if it is, I, I'll definitely say. Just Nightmare assume Before that Christmas. Just assuming it's not. Um, I don't know how to translate it though. The Apprentice. Uh, it was with Mickey Mouse. Oh, the Sorcerer's Apprentice. Oh, yeah, yeah. Dun, 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 yes, dun, dun, yes, dun, 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 that one. Fanta- that was Fanta- Fantasia. It's Fantasia. Fanta- the, no, the, the video is. The source, yeah, the Sorcerer's Apprentice. The, yeah. the Fantasia was made up of lots of musical it's pieces. Okay. Music. And animated. Yeah, animated. Because we had the L'Apprendista Stregone, which is the apprentice, the magician apprentice. And that's exactly what that bit comes from, where he cuts up. You know, he gets a chop, and they start dancing and come. Brilliant! I like Fantasia. I saw it the cinema. Then there was another one that I loved. We called it Bianca and Bernie. I don't know if you had the same name. The story of the little mice. Yeah, that's cool. It was the same name, Bianca and Bernie. Okay. If you weren't in a band, what would you be? I don't know. Uh, Other know. than a squatter on a band's bus, I, I don't know. Like. <laughs> Working <laughs> somewhere. Be for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Working somewhere else. I don't know. I would be probably being something either something artistic or something related to food, like be a cook or <laughs> not autistic. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> is that a job option? Is that a career choice? That fucking guy. That fucking guy. That's going right in. There. I could be autistic. autistic. <laughs> I could be autistic. I think I have It's good to have aspirations. Yeah. That's what I say. Oh, if, you, if you got a dream, you go for it. Right. Oh. I'm going to be autistic. Oh, I'm going to be autistic. No, no that's bad. That's, no, that's being recorded. That's well, anyway. Who's the person you most like to meet? That are never... Autistic or otherwise. Autistic or otherwise. <laughs> no, that I've never met before? Yeah, or... so yeah. oh, we were talking met. about this yesterday now. Yeah, who would you most like to Key. meet? Lady Gaga, we were talking oh, Lady about. Lady Gaga, that would be You'd great. Like to meet, you yeah. like to meet Lady Gaga? Yes. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay, last question. What's your favourite TV show? Probably Family Guy. <laughs> Okay. Family Guy and all the stuff they do. There, there is um, a channel called Adult Swim in America, mm-hmm. which is basically Cartoon Network 
after nine or ten. Yeah. And I love it. Robot chicken and American Family Dad. Guy, American Dad. They all they have all these weird cartoons. You love Dexter. Dexter, Dexter forever. Dexter forever. Is this the same Dexter? Dexter for Dexter. You're talking Dexter, as in yeah, serial killer. Serial killer. Yeah, fucking awesome. Dexter. Yeah, Dexter. Before Family Guy, but Family Guy rules. But Dexter's he kills up, kills people. Desperate Housewives. No, that's cheating. That's all you. That's it. Thank you. I really enjoy that interview. I think it's really, just really entertaining. And uh, it's good to hear everybody in the background as well joining in. Yeah, it gives a good insight into sort of the the intimacy of life on tour and how, you know, it is very much a, a family group. Absolutely. We've completed the Lacuna Coil EP and now we're moving on to Inner Reverie. The first song on there is, of course, Circle. Russ, what do you think of Circle? What do I think? Um, I have very, not mixed views, but um, different in, different thoughts on different sections of Circle. Um, on the face of it, it's probably one of my favourite songs on Inner Reverie musically, um, along with the likes of Veins of Glass and also My Wings. Um, but it's, this is one of the three standout tracks musically for me. Um, I love the vocal melodies. I love the vocal lines. Um, and I especially like the drums in it. Um, the only, it's not a criticism, but I find it difficult to relate to in this song is the lyrics, which are sort of slightly more, we talked about on the Lacuna Core EP, it was very much storytelling. Whereas on Circle, it's, it, if you look at it on the face of things, it's sort of um, almost words jumbled together, but it's not but it's sort of a bit more in the cryptic sort of realm of lyrics. So mm -hmm. I find lyrically it's, it's quite hard to relate to, but that's not taken away from the quality of the song overall. That's a fair comment. Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree with you. I, um, I'm i not a fan of the opening of this song. This is one of the weaker songs that the Kunikor use as an opening to their album. Um, when you think about the songs that we'll hear in later albums, it, it's clear that they they want their opening songs to pack a punch mm. uh, and Circle doesn't pack a punch for me. It's not a bad song, don't get me wrong, but the the initial opening is quite sort of downbeat, shall we say. Yeah. yeah and, and, and I'm I'm not a fan of that, but the song quickly picks up. Uh, the I like the very close harmonies you hear. That's really good. I like the chorus. I kind of like aspects of the lyrics actually um, take into account what you said they are more cryptic my the sort of favourite imagery that comes out of the lyrics for me is this concept of looking through your memory and then drawing circles of regrets mm. and I almost say that you know you know that cliche when people are looking for uh, looking at adverts in newspapers and they go and they're circling the bits to, to look at later yeah, to refer yeah. to the things that stand out and I almost see that imagery of in my memory in the pages of my life so the, the the person who's reflecting on things that's happened in the past and then going through and circling each of the things that they regret and then the rest of the song is i want to break those circles so basically get rid of those regrets and i find that quite interesting as a as a lyrical journey yeah um one thing that i 
for years thought when I was listening to this song is there's a line that says, these stone tears are falling down on me, all my regrets. And I was convinced it was cold tears. Yeah, I must admit, I always thought that was the case until I read the lyrics as well. So, yeah, it's like the same here. And I was like, stone tears. So that, that must be kind of like being pelted by something hard, falling down on me. So you're seeing these regrets as beating down on you all the time and, and hurting. Mm. And and the, the tears are, of course, the, the fact that you're feeling bad about them. So... It's quite good when you dissect those lines, actually. But I, so I honestly thought it was cold tears. It sort of strikes up, sort of um, again going back to the the first EP and similarities. It's um, said it's a bit more cryptic for me. Obviously, lyrically, it's it's always open to the listener's individual interpretation. Mm-hmm. So if I sort of read the lyrics or closely listen to it, I get images of sort of um, almost like 18th century. Someone maybe sitting in a library, as you mentioned, sort of reading through books or pages or noting down sort of thoughts or notions of what's happened in their life and what what it is that they do regret. So it's almost like a um, not like a funeral dirge, but it's like looking back upon your life as you're sort of nearing the end and just focusing on the things that did go wrong and, you know, how perhaps you would have changed them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, one of the key... One of the things I like about the lyrics is there's clearly lots of questions in there. And even from the beginning, we got is, what is sacred in my circle of regrets? And when you think that the person, in this case, that, that the metaphor is that they're going through and they're circling things in their memory, and then they ask him what's sacred, and it's almost like they're saying to themselves, I have regrets, but which are the ones that maybe I should keep because I've learnt from them, and which are the ones I actually want to get rid of, I don't want, I don't need. So, yeah, mm. as you say, it's constantly questioning the, the things that have happened in someone's life. Um, yeah, I... I, the more I've looked at the lyrics, the more I've appreciated them, it's fair to say, and, and understood them, which I suppose is normal, really. Uh, mm. Musically, I don't think it's the strongest song, but I think it goes well with the, the lyrical journey that the, the song takes us on. As I say, not a fan of the uh, of the beginning part, but I think it picks up very well. Uh, it, it very much reflects the overall tone that I'm sure we'll hear throughout the rest of Inner Reverie, really. Uh, and I, I, I like it more than I think I used to, if that makes sense. Mm. Uh, looking at it again in detail, I, I appreciate it more, which I think I've said quite a few times about the songs that we previously reviewed. Yeah. Not my favourite Lacuna, Lacuna Core song, but um, still good. Uh, I mean, I have a strange sort of attachment to it. I mean, lyrically, my favourite lines is probably the end to, which is, is there any solution? I want to find the way to escape to go away. So I find that sort of quite a, a question mark to end on, as mm. we mentioned previous, which sort of keeps you thinking and keeps you guessing. Um, going back to when I first sort of heard it and thinking about it, because this was the first album that I got with the very first EP, sort of when it came out, I think it was like late 99, mid 99, whatever it was. Um, because again, it was one of the first songs. I perhaps have a bit more of an emotional attachment to it. But as you said, looking back on the band's repertoire as a whole, it's not one of the, the strongest songs. It's not to say it's a bad song. But in hindsight, at least from my perspective, if you look to a, a strong opening song to the likes of what you sort of get now, like Trip the Darkness or so on and so forth, you'd probably sort of say you'd, you'd open with My Wings on the album, yeah. which is, as you, as you mentioned, more upbeat, it packs a punch, and you think, right, here we go. Um, so, But again, it's sort of going back to sort of the, the point in time, the band's influences, I guess, and going more on that sort of gothic, cryptic journey. Yeah, and I also think it's a reflection of the fact that, bearing in mind, this is really the band's first album. Mm. You know, the EP was an EP this is the first time they were constructing an album from start to finish 
and delivering it as a complete package and I and the, I I think it's what we're seeing here is we're seeing the, the band on a journey through how they construct an album when you look at the later albums from certainly from Clemenize onwards mm. you can see the way that they construct in their albums just you just have to look at the comparisons between Clemenize and Karma Code in terms of album construction and then on to Shadow Life and then on to Dark Adrenaline there's very, I'm not suggesting there's a formula there but you can see the way they're thinking around how they're mm. placing the songs on the album whereas I, I think they were in a different place when they placed the songs on in a reverie and they hadn't got to that place in their careers where they understood completely how they were going to put these songs on the album maybe mm. I'm maybe I'm um, misinterpreting it but that's that's how I see it when I look at Inner Reverie it doesn't seem as an album to to have the c- kind of flow that we see in later albums but we're really getting ahead of ourselves aren't we because we're now I'm deconstructing Inner Reverie and we've not even done all the songs <laughs> it's, it's almost like you you know you look back and you can see that the band's journey of you know from starting off on the first EP going into Ever- Inner Reverie and then sort of it's all almost not to downplay the other album, it's almost like a build-up to Comalize, as much as, you know, Unleashed Memories is probably my favourite album, but you can see that there is a build and a, a transition of the band finding its its own identity. Yeah, and I said this a long time ago in a, in a review I did of Inner Reverie uh, on Empty Spiral. It's in the forums, in fact. And I felt that Inner Reverie was very much a transitional album. And the first time I heard that was, in, of course, in the first song that I heard. And I felt that Circle had that feeling that um, I felt in the EP at the beginning of it. But by the end of it, we were seeing a new journey begin at the end of Circle, mm. which we then get to hear in the rest of the album. And that will culminate in the journey onwards into Unleashed Memories. So... So it's a good song. It's 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 definitely a sort of transitional song for me. Uh, yeah. So what are we going to rate it then? Uh, rating for me um, again, comparing it to the rest of the the discography, if you like, um, it's probably a, a solid seven for me out of ten. Okay, okay, yeah, it's, it's interesting you say comparing it to the rest of the disc- discography, and that's that's absolutely the way that I'm approaching this as well. For me, mm, not the strongest song, not the weakest song. I think I'm going to go for a six for Circle. Six. Okay. I mean, one thing just interestingly we didn't touch upon, talking about the transitional phases, is actually after you move on from the first EP, it's the first song that we hear of the new lineup of the band. So I'm wondering if it's worth sort of mentioning or talking about that or perhaps deal with that a bit later on. That's a good point, actually. It's probably something that we could uh, discuss in much greater detail when we come to our overall view of the album, of course. Mm. But yeah, it is worth noting that... You know, the lineup has changed when uh, the band are recording and uh, playing these songs. So it's interesting to see, it will be interesting to see out throughout the rest of the album how the influences of the new band members are, are come across in the music. So there we go. Uh, Lacuna Core Circle. So six from me, seven from you. So that brings us to the end of episode 12 of the Empty Spiral podcast. Next week, we have a special interview with a coiler from Brazil who tells us all about her experiences of seeing the band live for the first time. Uh, it's a really good interview. And uh, thanks in advance to uh, Marilia for uh, joining us. And you'll get to hear that next week.
if you want to get in contact with us you can do so via the empty spiral website which is www.emptyspiral.net you can send us an email which is podcast at empty spiral net you can check us out on facebook which is facebook.com forward slash empty spiral.net and of course we're on twitter which is empty spiral.net as well we look forward to hearing from you send us some feedback um pokers products do whatever it is you want to do uh but uh, certainly get in contact if you've got any questions about the podcast or even about the kuna coil or if you want to be on the show we're more than welcome to hear from you and uh I've certainly enjoyed the interviews that we've uh, performed with our fellow coilers, and I'm hoping that we can get people from all over the globe joining us. Very much so. All right, well, um, thanks for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed the interview. hope you enjoyed our review, and we'll see you next time. See you next time.